0: Cat podcast for hbo's horrible joke that is now a nightmare of the tv show a game of thrones my name is doug and with me as always is brian we'll go with that one huh yeah i i really didn't have time to think of one and uh we'll <laughs> okay. set the tone here uh also because uh life is uh, meaningless and full of pain we have another guest with us uh fan favorite
1: introduce yourself The one, the only, the requested, (laughs) Jermaine.
0: Jermaine. He built a lot of credibility back in uh, in um, our good graces by uh, showing up on that one episode where uh, Brian wasn't very talkative a couple weeks back, so he's been invited back. We're going to see how he does. Um, He's been requested by fans uh, to reappear, so um, hopefully we'll give you guys what you want. And uh, This is a big episode. This is Season 2, Episode 9. Blackwater. Uh, No, it's not about mercenaries. Uh, Well, maybe one. It's about a horrible, horrible (laughs) sea battle um, and land battle. We'll get to it. But, um, yeah, this is uh, the show keeping up with their uh, Episode 9 promise here um, with a spectacular episode. We're going to go around and do initial impressions, but I got to tell you it was the best episode of the season in my opinion. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Slow in parts, but... uh, you know, uh, not terribly slow, uh, just enough to get you uh, a little bit of breather from the uh, tension. Uh, so I think it was a great episode. Let's go around the horn. To start yeah, with Brian.
2: I, I, I agree. it was a real corker. Um, the large-scale battle, always my favorite. And, you know, the, showing the actual battles, I think, is the one thing that the show can do better than the books, because you get to see it on the screen as opposed to kind of imagining it.
0: Yeah, and your imagination and, is awful. Like
2: Yeah, really. Um,
0: <laughs> I just imagine, it, like, stick figures and...
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, battling with like pipe cleaners. Uh, so this is actually George R.R. R. Martin wrote this episode, which I think you can kind of see the uh, see the, the strength of it based on that. Yeah, there were, the were a lot I, of his
0: lines in this too, like a lot of stuff ripped right from the yes. books.
2: The one thing that was kind of disappointing is that the battle was much larger in the books. Um, they really pared down some 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 important thing or not important, but. Interesting things that were in the books, like the, uh, there was a giant chain that they raised that the, uh, the defense raised to stop, uh, boats. There was, uh, these three trebuchets. Uh, I think they were called the Three Whores. Yeah. There are a lot of interesting details in the books that were not translated to the screen, but, uh, I get it. Budget constraints, etc.
0: Yeah. And I think we should discuss those as, uh, maybe at the end, um, because I reread a couple chapters. I wasn't able to read all of the ones that pertain to this episode, but, uh, it was fucking great in the book. I, I'd forgotten yeah. how good it was. I mean, this was a great episode of television, but the book was so much better. Uh, Jermaine, what's your initial thoughts?
1: Um, I want a slice of cake.
0: That's very helpful. Um, anything relevant or Jermaine to the episode? Uh, to, uh,
1: that was Jermaine to the episode. You'll get. To funny. It. Um, no, great episode. It's. Uh, I'm staring at Ilan Payne, just looking like a dick the whole time right now. So you're watching yeah. the
0: episode while we're recording. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, great. <laughs> this is good. Um, Swimmingly.
1: No, it's a
2: uh, the lack of uh, professionalism.
1: It, it, it occurs here. It occurs here. Employee of the month. Um, no, great episode. Uh, great battle. Great scenes. There's a lot of uh, different interaction of characters. Uh, I'd like to talk about. So okay, I'll get well, to that when we then, start. let's
0: let's jump right in then. All right. So I believe uh, Brian's going to start us off.
2: Yeah, so we open to Davos. Uh, he's walking on a ship in the high seas. We hear some ominous music. Uh, it pans out to see many, many more boats. Real great uh, sweeping uh, wide-scale shot that kind of gives you an idea of how many boats are coming. Um, it goes back down to uh, – it pans back down to uh, Davos – or not Davos. Um, Stannis and his old sauerpost smirking. Uh, we see the soldiers in the uh, – then we see soldiers below deck in the boats – and a dude herfs and a, i i guess it's a barrel full of other herfs. it's pretty gross <laughs> yeah okay. yeah and then it then it goes to davos speaking to his uh rando son um it, it, i guess this was previously Davos king's lady was previously davos's home but he hasn't been there for a while uh he's very his son is very optimistic and reminds davos that the lord of light is the one true god of course davos reminds uh and it's also son, it's also relying on the numbers that they have. Apparently they have 10 to 1 uh, ratio of ships versus King's Landing and soldiers of 5 to 1. Uh, but King's Landing's walls have never been breached. Uh, Davos reminds uh, – and the son is also very excited. He thinks that people are going to be almost be welcoming them into the uh, King's Landing. But Davos reminds the son that they aren't liberators. They're strangers who will come in and set the city on fire. Um, so those opening scenes. Yeah, I would say that uh,
0: I kind of hated this scene uh, just for the simplicity of it where they, uh, you know, sum up an entire, like, situation in very simple terms. um, Yeah. Where Mathos, the son, is overconfident, and uh, Davos, the hero, of course, knows better, and he's smart, and he thinks that they should be more cautious. Um, And I hate it when they crystallize, like, a lot of... <laughs> a lot of differing opinions down to like one conversation. It's a thing that a lot of shows do, like The Walking Dead, um, represent a shameful dead. Uh our podcast, sister podcast. Anyway, um uh starring uh <laughs> co hosted by one of the most charming uh individuals uh and just <laughs> that I know. Always funny, always has something smart to say, germane. Um yeah. Uh but yeah, you know, this is just that's setting sarcasm. the stage. No, that's authenticity. <laughs> uh, yeah, domain. it sets
2: the stage. They kind of do this thing where they check in with all the character, main characters right. of the Battle of the Black Watch. You have to. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I kind of did like Davos' world weariness and his appreciation of the reality of the roles versus the fanaticism of the uh, Lord of the Light followers. Um, but yeah, you're right. It uh, kind of uh, just boiled down. I mean, it, it's uh, we, we know this stuff that they're saying. Yeah. Um, kind of, but scene felt, I mean, I think it's partially... Episode filler because you can't have fucking a hundred boats on fire, you know, the entire episode. All as much as I'd like them to be, but
0: yeah. And you mentioned that it was written by George R. R. Martin, but wasn't it directed by the guy who uh, I forgot his name? It was Neil something, and he did. Um, he's done a bunch of awesome movies. Look him up. I'll try to look him up during <laughs> during the break. But uh, the director of this episode is not the same guy who did um, the Battle of the Bastards. But uh, before that, before that guy came along, this guy was the Titan. Um he did this right. episode and he did the assault on the wall, um, which also was pretty great. Yeah. Um so if there's nothing else, let's move on where uh we go into King's Landing and Tyrion can't sleep because of the upcoming battle. Uh he tells Shay that Stannis will burn every Lannister he can find, which seems about right. Uh Shay again repeats that she will protect him and um then she distracts him with sex.
2: Not much Yeah, to we here. we've been over this uh, several times. This <laughs> whole thing, I, I just I can't stand her and her acting in the the yep. uh, you know they'll never hurt you. Yeah, it's
0: well, it's, whatever, it's it's dumb and it, yeah, you're right. It's not only dumb, but it's one note and it just gets repeated. It's like that's their entire so many relationship times. is based on she is being protective of him. Um yes. and in the book, it's reverse. He's being protective of her because. You discussed this. She plays like the innocent uh, little girl who was standing in for his 13-year-old bride that, uh, you know, horribly uh, what happened to her. We're not going to rehash all that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't like she's not a good actor. <laughs> she's uh,
1: she's annoying as shit. So uh,
0: <laughs> no. anything to say about this scene, Jermaine?
1: No, I mean, it's just uh, it's one of those story building scenes in between all the good stuff in this show. Yeah. In this uh, episode in particular, but yeah, I agree with what you said.
0: Could be better. All right. So uh, later, uh, Maester Tyrell is boring Cersei in her chamber about how helpful he can be <laughs> during a battle. <laughs> just him being annoying, I think, is great. Like uh, the things he does is not necessarily funny, but he's definitely a comical um, character, and uh, just how I guess ineffective he is, uh, and I I appreciate that. So I'll give the showrunners that. Um, Siri, uh, Siri. Uh, siri says hello <laughs> what can i help you with uh basically she cuts him off and asks uh if he brought something for her in particular he says yep and uh he gives her poison and we get the vocabulary word of the week um officious officiousness uh, efficacious efficacious that's what it is yeah basically it just means effective they could have just wrote effective but uh i guess they <laughs> they looked that up in the word of the day anyway uh he gives her this medicine and says how easy it is to overdose on this medicine i think it's called nightshade or some made-up bullshit
1: whatever essence of nightshade okay
0: yeah. nerds god Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you pay attention to the tv show a little harder uh but um yeah essence of nightshade and uh after she gets the directions for you, she dismisses him pretty, uh, curtly, which I found amusing. Dude, so
1: this is the thing. Like, she always has, throughout the whole season, the whole series, she has the best cutoffs. She's like, hey, there's a lot of steps. Watch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then just turn direct. Like, she she always has good, I'll see you later. Dismissals.
0: Quote. Peace. Deuces. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his face from, uh, Walking Dead? Jerry Deuces, yeah.
2: yo. <laughs> I liked in episode two of the season where she told, uh. She told Littlefinger, smell you later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but not a whole lot. We we obviously know that um, Cersei's asking for a suicide drug. Um, Yes. You know, like Hitler in his bunker, about to just commit suicide if things go the wrong way. Uh, So they're setting that up. Even though we get the presence of Ilan Payne later, who's supposed to be there to cut off everybody's head. So you think it's kind of
1: the grumpiest man on the planet by the yeah, way. Yeah, we'll
0: get to that creepster, but I just want to say is this is this just double uh insurance? Like she definitely doesn't want to get taken and raped by um the raiders if they get into the city to have this suicide drug or is this m- just for Tommen?
2: I think this is well, it's up for Tommen, uh but I also think it's part of like this the the uh the pre-battle tour of just checking to see what everybody's up to. Um, to set up before the battle. I think that's a large part of this this scene. And I don't I don't know that it really helps or hurts anything. Um I you know, it's kind of inconsequential I thought um uh, but
1: No, it's not it's not inconsequential. I think it just shows yeah, there's a battle, but there's many parts to a battle. You see everything else going on on the other side of the wall. And I think this betrays out.
0: her uh negativity. She's not a positive thinker. <laughs> About the yes, outcome of the true. battle. I mean, I, yeah, I guess that sounds stupid uh, and simplified, but uh, it's true. This is showing that she thinks that the battle is going poorly. She even um, questions um, Tyrion later. She's like, if there's somehow my brother can somehow make this work. She just basically has a. Uh, she doesn't think it's all going to work out. So she's making steps in which. She's, she she's a Especially negative
1: dancing. She's a negative Especially as a. Especially when she hits the sauce, it gets better and better. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And I feel like they should have... uh, We'll get to it, but I feel like they should have made her seem more drunk. And She becomes more of a bitch as the night goes on, but they didn't really link that to her getting uh, soused. Um, Yeah. But uh, let's move on.
2: So next we go to Bronn, and he is leading a choir practice in an (laughs) alehouse or a whorehouse. I'm not sure what this place is. They're singing the Lannister song, The Reigns of Castamere. Uh, Good detail, uh, you know, if uh, you you actually like listen to these songs you know that this was later played at the red wedding uh pretty interesting uh, that some of these things tie together throughout the seasons uh the hound actually there's an interaction between broad and the prostitute um they discuss his nose he creepily undresses her in front of everyone uh
1: yeah. he has
2: has the line um uh don't feel too bad for my nose will be halfway up your ass by the end of the night yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, the hound strolls in. Uh, Bronn attempts to buy him a round of drinks, but the hound just sits down and takes someone else's drinks. <laughs> the hound starts talking shit about who is tougher. And I, we'll get to this at the end of the scene, yeah. but I don't know what the point of this is. Bronn tries to talk okay. him down, but the hound's not having it. They stand up to fight, and that's when they hear a bell, and the crisis is averted because now the invasion is happening. This scene was really dumb. Yep. I don't know... <laughs> what well, I mean, it's not. It, and in fact, it was so terrible that it wasn't overcome by some some decent dialogue and some. I like these characters. I just don't understand what the what the fucking point was.
0: Yeah, I think my biggest problem was where does this in in innate uh, animosity between the two characters come from? And this is how, after watching it twice, what I came to is they inherited their master's animosity towards each other. So uh, Braun is Tyrion's man. Uh, the Hound is Joffrey's man, man, and Joffrey and Tyrion hate each other. So I feel like their loyal servants have taken the animosity among themselves. But I still think that's dumb.
1: Uh, really- all right, that was my question because I I didn't watch last week's episode and I haven't read the book, so I'm like, what? Why are they mad at each other? I didn't understand it. It's not clear uh, at all. Okay, I think it was. Off, any, to scene, have this- any scene with Bronn is the best because he's just the best.
2: And guess what this uh D&D came up with this scene even though George R R Martin wrote this episode <laughs> that came makes me it. feel so much
1: more yeah.
0: that's makes me feel so much better about uh George R R Martin that this was not his invention when he showed when he said that he wrote this episode I was like wait a minute there were some very questionable scenes in this episode and I'm so glad this was a and d uh creation um it, it renews my hope in
1: George Yeah and yeah like I, I honestly I was confused just because I picked this episode up in the middle of not yeah, watching, yeah, Brian. There was anything. no, was like, there was no was like, animosity, why right? They, Leading why they into calling?
2: this. I don't remember them, them talking prior yeah. to this
0: or any interaction.
2: This is scene. Yeah. Also, I, I like Brian, but the uh, weird undressing the prostitute. I don't know if that's. I, I don't. I don't know. That was, that, I thought that was. Uh, I'm sorry.
0: You don't. You don't think that was endearing to the character that's already well liked.
2: <laughs> no, it just like, I, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe that, that that's fine in in whorehouses. I don't know, but it just seemed uh it seemed Come odd. on,
1: we know how many whorehouses <laughs> you've been to. This is you fine. Know.
2: At least two. Uh so what do we go ends, next? Uh, well well no abilities.
0: I I do want to say that I think this was just an overall like dick measuring contest by being like we've got two badasses in a room and two badasses have to confront each other I don't know if you've seen like any of the uh, Fast and Furious movies Uh, they're all ridiculous and cartoonish but they revel in it and there's this one uh, I I think it was the most recent one where The Rock and Jason Statham drive at each other as fast as possible and neither of them like (laughs) chicken out of driving into each other so they just hit each other and then, and then they get out. And it's all this bullshit where two guys, you can't have two people be badass, really fight each other because one person has to win. Um, and then you diminish one person's badassness. So there's always this kind of like stalemate that they come to. um and and watch watch these fucking movies. They do it all the time. And this is the same shit. instead of having, okay, like Braun and the hound get into it, we want to see them fight we'll have a clear winner and a clear loser it's just this bullshit thing where oh well they're just gonna kind of come to blows uh verbally and about to fight and we're gonna just you know blue ball you from this uh so yeah it's just the dumbest thing in the world um this is some stupid stupid fucking
1: bullshit (laughs) anything else to say about this stupid stupid fucking bullshit i don't no no I, i like how he just walked in and grabbed some dude's cup He's like, that's my drink.
0: I want to know who that the guy that. who walked in with Sandor is. Yeah. Is that his boy? Yeah, that Does he have question. friends? I was like, who is that? Sandor seems like a lone wolf, like at, all the time. Like, you know, like you're probably out with the guy drinking and he just starts talking about something stupid, uh, or like the same crap over and over again. And you're like, oh god, not again. Um, so I wouldn't want to hang out with Sandor.
2: Yeah.
0: It's probably like fire no. You know, just like, yeah. yeah no. he,
2: he eats all the chicken too. <laughs> that's too. All right, so you
0: don't want to go to B-dubs with this guy. Um, but we're going to go to um, uh, Tyrion's chamber, and Varys is hanging out uh, in his room uh, while Podrick, <laughs> Podrick, Podrick is putting on Tyrion's clothes, his dress, I guess, I don't know, getting ready for the battle. And armor. What? It's armor. Uh, it's a little bit more than armor. It's a little bit more decorative than, <laughs> than armor. Uh, but Tyrion uh, mentions... Uh, that Varys knows every boy's name in the city, insinuating that um, you know he's a child molester, and this isn't the first time. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, Varys uh, asks if he trusts Podrick, and he says good, because he produces a map uh, that shows all the underground tunnels underneath King's Landing. Tyrion says he has no interest in escaping, uh, however, he, and he's willing to go down with the ship. He just wants to know where all these things are. Um, Varys mentions Melisandre, and Stannis uh, the Red Priest, and says he believes in magic and alludes to the story about how he was castrated. He also says, and I quote, The Dark Arts have provided Lord Stannis with his armies and a path to our door. For a man in service to such powers to sit on the throne, I can think of nothing worse. And I think this is a great quote that uh, has no relevance to into today's, uh,
2: <laughs>
0: today's relevance. No, today's, no.
2: <laughs> Don't open that Pandora's <laughs> box.
0: Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about the scene?
2: I I never liked the child molester jokes. Um, some of the t- some of Tyrion's digs are at varies are funny. Uh, the the straight child molester ones I'd never thought that were that funny. Uh, why did Tyrion ask for that map and then say he wasn't going to use it?
0: I have no idea, and uh, I I will get to my theory later on. When yeah. um, the guys are at the gates to ram it down, he says, I know a secret way and we can come behind them and fuck them in the asses, which is some great, uh, you know, sexual violence talk that we'd come to expect uh, from this show. Uh, and I expect that the way to sneak up behind them was through one of these hidden gates.
2: Yeah, but I mean, if the entire army is able to exit out these gates, there's no way it's at, actually that. I don't know. Seems silly. Uh, yeah, it is silly. It absolutely yeah. is. So and then why is there any indication why Varys thinks that uh Tyrion is the only man who can stop him? I think to stop Stannis. I just think I, that Tyrion
0: what, is in charge. Like because Joffrey is such a child and Cersei's not okay. involved. Um I think he's, he's the number one head, guy, you know. right?
2: Okay, so I I was thinking that this was like kind of a supernatural prediction type of thing. You you guys think it's just a um he's actually a leader kind of prediction
0: what do you mean what do you mean he, you think that like he thinks Tyrion's special like harry potter or something yeah
2: well i don't know i mean not not magical or anything but well the, have you the way read the he harry said potter is, books no i'm an adult so i don't read children's fiction um you other than adult, game of thrones you read adult <laughs> fiction about
0: dragons and shit
2: yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I I thought that he said it in a way like uh, almost like there was a he's had had an omen or you know some kind of more supernatural than just he's just a guy who can corral these people into defending the city.
0: I think uh, he's maybe just, I was
2: reading too much into yeah, it. Yeah, I
0: think he's just so anti magic, um, that he doesn't want any part of Melisandre or Stannis
1: to be there.
2: Gotcha. That makes sense, I
1: guess. What I liked about this uh this scene was watching it again after you know Tyrion and Varys meet in season or episode 6 or whatever it's fun to go back and watch them interacting now and see their conversations and the kind of stuff they do together because it it reflects on what we you know the current stuff going on as they're they're all together and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I agree so was, and we it even, cool. we even it was mentioned cool to this. See it again. Yeah, we even mentioned this
0: last week if you would listen to the podcast about how uh <laughs> they were Who even talking. <laughs> they were talking on like a cliff face and it was definitely like uh intentionally reminiscent of their interactions in this season and in the next season. Um yeah, it's just one of these pairings just like uh Tyrion and Bronn, Tyrion and Varys. Yeah. These are great pairings that would make uh, great spin-off TV shows that they just had to like share an apartment. And, you know, it's just basically two broke girls, only it was Tyrion and uh, Varys working in, like, a pizza shop. It'd be fucking great in New York, trying to make a living. I'd watch that shit.
2: Two, two, two guys, a red a red two, priestess two, in the two pizza guys, place. <laughs> <cock. Yeah. laughs> two guys, one cock. Two guys, oh, Jesus. All right, so next we go out to the Davos <sighs> and his rando son, they're on a boat. And we can hear the, uh, we continue to hear the bells ringing. Uh, Rando thinks it's a greeting, but uh, Davos realizes it's a rallying call, so he uh, requests that the uh, the drummers on the boats begin playing their rallying call, which is a drum beat. Pretty funky. I got down a little bit to it. Yeah, it didn't um, seem like a
0: straight drum beat. It seemed like they had like a little like triplet feel or some kind of like giddy-up. Um,
2: yeah, I was waiting it. for the beat to drop.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so that- my name is Davos, and I'm here to say I like
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like smuggling in a crazy way. <laughs> So this is embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> So, I think we start to get a little bit of a the real, I, this scene, I think, is the one where it started to really build up as far as that we were headed towards the battle. Um, so there's a little bit of back and forth between the two of them. It's kind of meaningless. Um,
0: <laughs> My only notes for this scene were.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I don't know why uh, King Smuggles here. Davos. That everybody knows that they're approaching. I mean, I guess I chalked it up to v- Varie's little, or they chalk it up to various little uh, little birds. But you know, as Davos is that great of a smuggler and that great of a seaman,
1: uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't say it, mate
2: <laughs> But I, I don't, I don't know why they're they like the boats you think would get there faster than eighty horses. I don't know why there wasn't more of a stealth approach to the attack, or even like even like just like roll in with, like, dynamite. Not, not dynamite, but whatever the equivalent. If they had their own wildfire, say. Um You know, it just seemed like, uh, I, I mean, I guess that's what the show is. Well, the, uh, it was in, in... You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I can only speak to the book and know that it was a massive coordinated attack of both sea and land. Like, there were right. people on... There was a large amount of ground troops that were on the other side of the Blackwater waiting to cross when the ships rolled in. So this was a massive thing that I don't think you could hide. Um, You know, and like, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, when you get to massive armies, there's only so little you can hide. Um,
1: Yeah, I think it's to show scale. It's showing its invasion and that they're already, they're already, everybody knows they're coming. So when they're coming, they're like, all right, let's just announce it and make a shit ton of noise, bang the drums, fucking psychological warfare, scare the shit out of them, which it worked. So that's, I I think that's the whole reason they are doing it.
2: I'm more thinking like Davos. It's Stannis is playing to his leader's strength. Davos' strength is being able to smuggle or be, you know, whatever the s- skills that entails, being sneaky, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You're right. Uh, yeah, they kind of don't take advantage of that. But. And, and He's diversified. And once, and,
0: and once again, this is just show invention trying to smooth things along because Davos does not become Stannis's hand in the books until after um, he gets rescued from the Black water uh battle and he's on that uh island so he doesn't get promoted right. he's just like kind of like in charge of a couple ships and i think he's in charge of like the uh the guys at the tail end and actually he has great advice for him he's like i don't think we should all roll in and some other admiral above him uh leads the all the people into the black water uh and they raise a the chain which is not in the show at all but uh i think it's just once again the show invention not trying to not being able to square the plot as they go forward so i feel like they rush this a little bit and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but you're absolutely right davos is a smuggler you should play to his strengths maybe send davos on some kind of like uh you know guerrilla warfare behind enemy lines um you know delta mission or something instead of
2: yeah you remember in uh the one of the more recent seasons where the entire fleet of marine was set on fire but you know presumably 20 good men yep and uh you know, I don't know why that none of that stuff happened here, but whatever. Yeah.
0: All right. So yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. Thank you, Jermaine. Uh, Tyrion and Bron share a fond farewell before the battle, uh, and once again, Tyrion catches feelings for some person that he's paying to keep around, just like Shay. Um, you know, and it's a little awkward but tender moment between Bron and Tyrion. Um, he then runs into Shay and Sansa, uh, who are there to see Joffrey off uh Tyrion pretends to not know Shay's name uh it's kind of you know I guess interesting I don't know no not at all it's the opposite of that (laughs) I agree uh Joffrey wants Sansa to kiss his sword for luck she does it and then proceeds to give him shit about oh so I guess she'll be leading the vanguard uh my brother Rob (laughs) that was pretty awesome that was pretty awesome my brother Rob always you know leads the troops in the battle um and Joffrey catches wind eventually, um, and again threatens to kill her brother before he goes off. He's uh, like, "Oh,
1: be careful when you're leading the army." <laughs> He's like, "Wait, what? Will uh, you slay him yourself, sir?" We, we don't. I don't lead the army. Are you going to kill Stannis? Like, I, if he challenges me,
2: Sansa's low key sass is the, is is great. It was pretty yeah. good. Like, yeah, uh, she this is the first pretty time pretty she started to become redeeming or uh, being redeemed.
0: Uh, I agree. This is the first time she actually showed a little backbone. And, you know, she know like, even in the earlier in the season with uh, Ser Danto, she saved his ass, but she was very scared during this time. And she's just really sassy here. And uh, she's pulling it off. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Shay muses that some of the men won't come back. And Sansa says that Joffrey definitely will because the worst ones always do. Um, I think this it's is like me. <laughs> like who? Like me. Like you, yes, Germain <laughs> always comes back. Uh, yeah, I think this is another like just table setting uh, scene where they're just like we want to show every character that's involved and their current situation before they uh, we propel them forward into the plot of this scene as at large. Not much to say.
2: Yeah, I don't know why Tyrion didn't have like a weapon. I think they gave him like a big axe. I don't know why he wouldn't have like a weapon that's better equipped for him. I was thinking, like, if he had two little, smaller axes, then he could just do like a little <laughs> whirly bird and just cut people. You off just want the deep.
0: goddamn whirly bird in the show. I know it's <laughs> all right. Street Fighter, let's go. Uh,
2: I agree. Maybe I'm- a two uh, two sided axe, though.
0: Like, yeah, he just has a regular axe. You think two sided axe? You can swing it left and then swing it right and then swing it left
1: and yeah. then swing it right. Just because he's a little person, Brian doesn't mean he can't use a regular axe.
2: No, I know. do go at the ankles. You Wait, know, was, just, was it a hatchet
1: really or perfect. was it an axe?
2: uh i don't know what the difference is
0: well one's so, it's all size and the yes it? yeah it's about the handle length too
2: all right i didn't know you're part of the the, <laughs> the axe well,
1: welcome to the outdoor hour with brian and doug hey guys so just gotta I wondered, be prepared for anything um,
2: i wondered uh if um if when santa says to Tyrion, uh i hope that you make it back safe or pray for your safe return i wonder if that was actually genuine um
0: or not. Uh, i don't know yeah, it wasn't I, I can't imagine it was but all
2: right
1: it, it, when she said it to Tyrion, yes yes because she, she's like yeah and i wish for joffrey's return too and you know she doesn't want him back so yeah she, why, um, why, why she doesn't like any of the lannisters I even if she, even if Tyrion's trying to be nice but well still. she marries Tyrion one
2: to be nice. yeah well there you go um <laughs> i really thought that uh, that uh that joffrey was gonna like smack her with heart eater when he like made her kiss it, so I'm kind of actually kind of glad that that didn't
0: happen. Yeah, or cut her lip or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was expecting yeah, something else creepy. There. But it was definitely yeah. it, once again like that scene was. Def. I mean, swords are phallic. It was definitely like I don't know. <laughs> like it just seemed of kind war, of gross. <laughs> exactly. It seemed like gross. It seemed like uh, Joffrey was getting Sansa to kiss his wiener uh, before he t-
2: and Germaine. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually named you're weighing Heart Eater before the show even came up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe it was Remember Widow's that? Whale. <laughs> Remember that time I
1: made you kiss Heart Eater?
2: Next, we go out to the Mudgate, and Joff rolls in. Um, he's in his, uh, his 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 new armor, looking fresh to death. Um, he's already nervous due to just the, like, the minor chaos that's going on around there. And, of course, we've got dumbass Lancel. Yeah, uh, doesn't the horse, horse go by? And he's like, oh, horse, oh. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, Lance sells, where's our, our fleet? Tyrion is not having any, any of their, uh, nonsense. I did like the back and forth between Tyrion and these, these other clowns. Oh yeah. Um, so Tyrion has a plan, but, uh, part of his plan is not to suffer fools on the battlefront at this point.
1: Like this show.
0: Yeah. I. So, I the only note I have here, the only note I have here is, uh, the, tell him to tell him to tell him yes it's just tiresome <laughs> like i've seen it on too many fucking shows and sitcoms i feel like they might as well have had like <laughs> like Tyrion might as well have said um you know Lancel, a- get me a- some a- tape i'm gonna divide <laughs> the the uh, wall in half this is your half of the wall and this is my half of the wall like it just seemed- kind of
2: like it here I-, I did i i thought it was because it was involving the fucking hounds you know like this Giant monster killer. (laughs) He's like, he's just like repeating what he's told. I I I found it tiresome.
1: Yeah, I was like, man, come on, really? Okay. So
2: next, uh, Cersei. We go to the Cersei, and she's uh, arriving in a room uh, full of women. And Doug, this is uh, your area of expertise. So, can you explain where this is in King's Landing? I don't remember where it
0: was. I know it was um, uh, near the throne room. I guess, like on one of the. Like it was definitely like a um, stronghold where it had doors, um, and it was just called the Red Keep. To, the Red Keep is the castle within the castle, so I can at least expand upon that. So it's a keep, medieval panic room, essentially. Yes, if if anybody has ever seen the awful, awful movie uh, Panic um, Room, jo- yes. Jodie Foster, not Nell, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell you a <to> win. <laughs>
0: But uh, panic room. Anyway, yes. So the Red Keep is a castle where the royal family stays inside of King's Landing, uh, which is a... King's Landing itself has its own walls. So the Red Keep is its own kind of... Has more sets of walls um, and its own little house. So essentially, that's where they're at. And that's where the throne room is. And that's where all the business gets done. But essentially, it's just some room off, you know, uh, that can be fortified relatively well. Uh, but yeah, this definitely plays out in the books and it is Cersei's job to keep all the noble women, um, upbeat, um, and doing crafts in yes. scrapbooks.
2: And actually your, uh, castle within the castle brings to mind so many exhibit. Yo dog, I heard you like castles, <laughs> you put a castle <laughs> inside your
1: castle. I'm a pit castle.
2: So anyways, uh, I don't know what so that's we, uh, alluding
0: to. Is that, does that have something to do with, hit, uh, hit my
2: ride, hit my ride. Nope. Uh, pimp my ride
1: functionally this is the most center room in the whole castle because it's the hardest to get to and takes the longest to get there sure let's go with that
2: So, uh, Shay and Sansa arrive at this uh, room and Sansa's not sure why they're there Cersei is just getting crunk uh, calls over Sansa asks about her menses Uh, Cersei makes Sansa drink while expressing concern that I
0: didn't um, know she was a genius she's in Mensa
1: (laughs) you're an idiot Eric are you ashamed of it can you just say the full name (laughs) Menses?
0: <laughs> you never that's a menstruation. Let's
2: please No, refer no, to that, good lord. These people need a you need a dictionary. So, uh, Cersei makes Sansa drink while expressing concern. that Ellen Payne is there to protect all everyone in case of a defeat and scowl. Don't forget scowl. Yeah. So then we uh, somebody arrives and it's uh, I forget the guy's name, but he says that there are already some uh, people stealing or just attempting to desert. Uh, Cersei sends Ilan out to deal with the first deserters. Cersei describes her ruling style and that she uh, relies entirely on fear. And uh, Cersei just keeps pounding the wine. It's pretty great.
1: This is the worst drinking game ever, by the way, because you like Sansa. Get some wine. She's like, no. She's like, drink.
0: Yeah, I, I wrote that same thing. I was like, it's it's like somebody who's playing a drinking game with you, and you're just like, listen, I I don't want to play. I don't, I don't even know we're playing. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like, periodically says drink, and you got to do it. Like, okay, fine. <laughs>
1: um, so if I do say something, or I don't, I don't drink. oh, fuck, I did it again.
0: Yeah, I I definitely like how unhinged she gets progressively as we go back to this location, which I'm going to refer to as the Queen's Vault. Um, but I really wish she would have slurred her words a little bit more and gotten a little bit more, like, uh, visibly tipsy. Um, and I think she just it. gets
1: saucier and she just gets, like, more... Yeah, she gets more stitchy uh, and surly, surly,
0: but she doesn't get more... It She doesn't be- become visibly more drunk or intoxicated, which is my problem with it. Um, Maybe some people
1: can hold their liquor,
0: Doug, unlike some people uh, we know. I guess, I guess some people can't. All right, so we go to Davos's ship, and Davos is wondering why the fuck the ships uh, from King's Landing haven't come to meet them. Uh, his dumb fucking kid thinks that maybe uh, they took King's Landing by surprise, or that the Kingsmen have mutinied, and somebody took a goddamn screenshot or took a p- picture.
2: No, I sent you. I was sending you a picture of the definition of the word menses. Okay, cool okay. Stuff. Well, then we're gonna leave that in. <laughs> Alright, so uh, yeah, that's
0: that's about it. There, Davos is wondering what the fuck's going on and his kids being stupid.
1: Yeah, Anything no, I think like, Davos, Davos knows something's not right. He doesn't know what it is, and his son's just like, oh, we have the way open. Let's go. He's like, dude, stop being an idiot. But Davos just doesn't... Something's not right. He just doesn't know what it is.
2: I think th- it's good. It was a quick scene and it, uh, it continued to build the tension, I thought, in the episode. Um, and kind of fill out the time. I mean, they have to fill out the time when they use these huge amounts of money on uh, specific scenes in the episode, I think. So we were able to look up the word men
0: men says men says men m-e-n dot s-e-s blood and other matter discharged from the uterus at menstruation. Also, uh, second definition, the time of menstruation. So that the second definition basically say Uh So,
1: in
2: other words, I wasn't just coming up with a, a new abbreviation of menstruation that never <laughs> ever heard.
1: But way to look up Urban Dictionary to back up your claims. Great job! Yeah, way to go. Fuck? I can just edit. I can edit Urban Dictionary right now to say anything.
2: Germain is cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one will believe that.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh,
0: yeah, it's just his. It's once again uh, setting up this dichotomy between. Uh, Davos, the wise old man who always gets things right, and his kid who's just dumb and uh, you know, is easily accepting what uh, is presented to him. Uh, and this sucks because it's you know Davos's kid, so Davos really has nobody to blame but himself for how uh, you know, gullible yeah. this guy is. Yeah, I, I agree.
2: Okay, not, not much to say. Yeah, no. Nope.
0: There's gonna be a yeah. lot of we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh, period guys. Just warning, spoiler alert for the rest of this episode. Just one alone spoiler. We're gonna go back and forth pretty quick because there's gonna be a lot of cut scenes from one location to the next. So uh, we might not. I have, to have to fire around. Second. Let's go. All
2: right, let's go. Yeah. There we go. So then uh, we go back to the rando uh, Davos' son. He realizes there's only one ship. Davos calls the Archer to notch. It uh, switches back to uh, King's Landing and the pyromancer hands Tyrion a flame back to Davos and he sees the green liquid pouring out at the back of the ship. Of course, this is uh, pig shit, a.k.a.
1: wildfire. Uh, First off, if I had to just typecast a pyromancer, that's exactly the guy I would cast, a creepy old dude who just smiles at fire. And I think it's Roy Detrice, right?
0: The guy oh, is who, it? who narrates the audiobooks. I don't have any clue. Yeah, I don't, I don't a, either. I, I know he was in it. I don't know if he was the previous Pyromancer. Easter or egg. Yeah. Get excited. Only get that here. Um, I want to say that uh, Wildfire kind of looks like the green slime from Nickelodeon's. You can't do that on television. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. Right? Yeah. And, 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 uh, and
0: in the book, they do call it a garish green. So I guess that's pretty garish.
1: Yeah, it's close.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we skipped over a little bit of a scene between um, uh, when they were on the wall and Joffrey spots the first ship. Um, yeah. yeah, he's losing his shit. And, and he's and like, he where's everything?
1: That. Why aren't you doing it? Where are all right. the boats? And he's just he's just being a, a bitch. Yep, basically. And he's just, like, shut the fuck up. I got this.
0: <laughs> and he seems pretty confident. Yeah. Um oh but then we move on and this is when the battle starts to really kick in so let's let's just fucking dive right in. So we're on the wall and uh overlooking King's Landing and Tyrion drops the lit torch from the wall signaling uh to who else but Bron who's on a rocky outcropping in the bay he lights a arrow and shoots it towards the uh boat from King's Landing that they sent out the one boat that's filled with wildfire the Arrow hits the water and lights the floating fuse that rapidly, you know, uh, daisy chains back to the boat, the dumb, the dummy boat that's filled with wildfire. Davo sees all this and he yells for his son to duck and cover, <laughs> uh, but too late. <laughs> um, there's a humongous explosion as green flames fill the night sky. The men on the boats are hurled away screaming or alternatively covered in fire um, while all the men on the King's Landing wall stare in awe, uh, flaming debris continues to uh, rain down on the other ships, setting them and men on fire alike. Um, and once again, wildfire cannot be quenched, so uh, there's no amount of beating on it or whatever that can stop it. It's kind of like uh, napalm. Um, and on the walls, everyone is appalled and Tyrion glances around and only the pyromancer and Joffrey look lethal um, I, I I just want to say I think the effect of the explosion kind of still stands up um, and I really appreciate the fact that they had the dragon or the wildfire green flame and then regular flame uh, there too like interspersed it wasn't just all green flame everywhere um, which I thought was a nice touch or stab at realism In a fantasy uh, movie or TV show? Yeah,
2: agreed. I really like the uh, reactions of the people on the wall uh, when when the uh, or at on the King's Landing rampart. I don't know where they are. I agree. Yeah, yeah. uh, The you see the pyromancer is really excited. The Hound is terrified because he hates fire. Tyrion, you can see the, uh what have I done kind of face, or I can't believe I did yeah, this. Yeah, he's like, he's like quoting the
0: Bhagavad Gita, saying, I have become the destroyer of worlds.
2: Whoa,
1: whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's, whoa.
2: Not, that's not the
1: second. Moody, that, Moody. That, that, <laughs> that is the first Brian, of Brian stole my wildfire. What? Huh? No, I was going to say, like, when you said everybody's looks of awe on the, on the rampart of the castle... There was very distinct, different looks on that wall, which Brian just went through. Uh, I I think Tyrion's point was like, oh man. Like, you know, when you push the button, when you push the red button and you just murder thousands and thousands of people. Like, he, I think he realizes, like, shit, I just did that.
0: Yeah, which is why.
1: And and the hound's look of fear was just like, you know, he's already scared of fire. And that was like the fire of fires. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Which is why I made the
0: atomic bomb reference, which I appreciated. So good job, yeah. Doug. <laughs> if no one yeah. else does.
2: Yeah, no, you yeah. D- you're the best. Um, and also, I don't think that we see Davos again after this scene for the remainder of the episode. which For the remainder of the season. Questions. Yeah, really. Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't know it was the rest of the season. Oh, I guess they don't I'm want to guess. come back. I don't know. Yeah, but they, that's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I really even noticed uh, when I watched it um, because it was so much... Such, like, fireworks in this episode.
0: Yeah, and I don't oh. think Davos has really endeared himself that much that we were like, oh, no, Davos. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I obviously, uh, coming from reading the books, I, you know, I spent a lot more time, hundreds of pages with Davos, I imagine. Uh, but here, for a show watcher, I, like, this this whole Stannis thing is all new. Uh, that includes yeah. Davos, so. Gotcha. All right, so later... Stannis recovers on the deck of his ship and surveys the destruction. Uh, he decides to move forward with the landing, convinced that King's Landing just blew their load and they don't have another uh, way to do it, which just like, well, I have to stop here and say, just like uh, <laughs> Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that's why you have two of these like huge things, to convince them that you have more than just one. Stannis knows he just has one um, and wants to go ahead Uh, One of his dudes thinks it's a bad idea and says that hundreds will die. Stannis has a great reaction. He's like, hmm, he considers it, and then retorts, thousands, Uh, which I thought was a great uh, great moment, Um, really. Uh, He then gives a lame pep talk, probably the lamest pep talk I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Come with me and take this city, and somehow it works. They're all like, yeah, fuck yeah. So that's how that ends. Yeah, I,
1: just, I, I like the one. Like, uh, I think you guys talked about it in previous episode, just the practicality of Stannis. Like, he's a good, he's super practical. He goes by the book, and he's like, "Okay, let's just, we're gonna go take the city now." And he's like, "But everybody's gonna die." And he's like, "Yeah, probably, but we're going."
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's some it, admiral it's, about it's that. Brutal. It, no, it's brutal. I, uh, but I, I think the part of his uh, his willingness to r- r- rush into this head on. Is the belief in the Red Priestess, you know, because he thinks he's like uh he's chosen by the gods to go take the city. Yeah, but you know, he didn't bring
0: her with him. Like she he trusted Davos. Yeah. Davos said not to bring her because it'll be her victory. Uh but you know, he listened to Davos and if he was all up in the Red Priestess's uh junk, he would have brought her.
2: Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that would have actually had an impact on the battle. Well, she's,
0: um, she says it does, but, you know, who knows?
2: Uh, but but what practically, though? You know, I don't know. I who imagine is. she would just
0: birth, like, a huge, like, cloud monster baby that would, like, eat the green flame and then, like, I don't know, fart it out.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. release spores of... Uh, <laughs> who knows? Gently. We don't
0: know what she's capable yeah. of. That's a, the that's a thing. No,
2: no. Uh, and then I kind of wondered, like, even though he's going into this, it looks like he's going to lose a lot of his men. And so then what happens, even if he takes King's Landing, if like a huge portion of his army gets wiped out, then isn't he going to be vulnerable to any number of other armies that are out there? It seems like this would be a Pyrrhic victory, you know?
0: Well, I feel like if he takes King's Landing, uh, some people will just fall in line. I imagine.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I would be concerned that the Tyrells would be up his ass, you know, or even the Lannisters. I mean, Tywin still has a full army. Well, if he he
0: rescued, think about it. If he would have taken the city and rescued Sansa, he's got the north.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So
0: that would have been huge.
2: All right. Where do we go next? So next we go back to the uh, hiding women, and Sansa is praying. Cersei's half drunk, bored, and calls Sansa over. Sansa, when it questions, Sansa says she is praying for the gods to have mercy on them all, including Cersei. Uh, Cersei's kind of annoying, I don't know. Uh, tells a whole story about her dad and the gods. Uh, the long and short of it is that the gods are not nice. Cersei tries to make Sansa go to Poundtown with her. Cersei says that she's not happy that she's stuck with the rest of the hens in there, but it's expected of her. Cersei begins uh, explaining what would normally happen in a siege. Cersei would go down and try to bang the Conqueror to <laughs> obtain some sort of uh, some sort of uh, relief. And apparently the best weapon is uh, where Trump would grab her. Um, so- uh, we, we decided we don't want to go there.
1: <laughs> no, I
2: know, but he, he, we still oh, know I where he, he grabs women. He doesn't even have to ask. He just does it. Yeah, and, I mean, um, that must be yeah. sweet. Yeah, a lot of women look like a uh, cheeto with a, a, a <laughs> cheeto with a, a rug to grab them. That's even too
1: vulgar for Game of Thrones, guys. Come yeah, on.
2: OK. So then uh, Cersei describes what happens when a city falls. Uh, apparently it's a bit of rape, I think, as she put it, uh, <laughs> half the women will be impregnated and a quarter at best but this is uh i just didn't like these sansa and cersei scenes i agree of- and
0: and they weren't yeah. so bad in the book i think it just didn't pull off how like scared everyone was and how uh claustrophobic it was uh, yeah e- but this is definitely cersei um you know just being shitty and in a crappy mood and taking it out on sansa Obviously. Yeah, I think
2: she's trying to screw just like being mean to her and right. uh, like trying to make her question things. And you know, I don't think that that math is right. I don't think that half the women would be impregnated because it's a very limited window of when a woman can be- become pregnant.
1: Jesus, he getting the again? <laughs> well, if you look what what at his Catholic- fascination with this, <laughs> he
0: does have a fascination with the menstruation <laughs> cycle and the ovulation situation of women. Yeah. But yeah, uh, basically, yeah, the Catholic calendar. You can have sex basically, I don't know, uh twenty, twenty two days out of the month. <laughs> so that seems like um two thirds of the women aren't gonna catch uh you know, a bastard baby at least. At least. Yeah, and you gotta think, you know, some might, you know, swallow the children as Cersei <laughs> I don't know. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a line from uh from the books. I don't know if it was in the show. Anyway, let's uh continue on uh, Stannis leads his men in small boats as they head towards the shore. Tyrion orders flaming arrows rain down upon them and tells the Hound to lead a group of men to kill those who make it to shore. Later, the Hound has made it to the ground level and he's rousing troops for an assault and threatens the, commanders, the commander of the fire archers that if any flaming yep. arrows get close to him, he's going to strangle him with his own guts. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Pretty good. Uh, arrows are fired at the Stannis... Uh, troops as they land. Many of them die, uh, but they continue to go on, and they finally make it to the base of the wall. Um, And the Lannister uh, guys on the wall start dropping rocks, and men's heads explode. Um, So uh, Sandor leads his troop out of the gates with a cry of, if any man returns the clean sword, I'll rape his corpse. (laughs) And I'm sure this is just locker room talk. I'm sure he doesn't mean it or has ever raped a corpse before.
2: <laughs> I don't think that that'd be the correct terminology. I do no, think like, you can a like, rape a corpse.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely a locker room corpse. The corpse didn't ask for it, Moody. Yeah. You or can Brian's.
2: desecrate but I don't know that you can rape yeah, you're a corpse. Yeah, you're right. A
0: corpse really can't say no, so there's no uh, consent there.
2: Hey, Doug, you know. Yeah, that yeah. sounds
0: like something a lawyer would say, but we're not gonna get into it. So uh sword fighting ensues and the hound comically cuts a guy in half. Uh that's awesome.
1: <laughs> there,
2: was a, there was a lot of comic kills in this episode. Yeah. There's like, definitely was awesome. brain, that, brain that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Santa that's why I, I did want to get to that, but Santa's definitely brains cuts a guy's top of his head off and he's like, Whoa! <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: like I mean, just wholesale, like there was a lot of a lot of good fighting, but a lot like, of extreme Extreme, extreme violence deaths.
0: i guess but like these these deaths were just didn't make physically any sense like you can't cut a guy in half across the middle because he would start to go left he would start to go in the direction that you hit him with the sword before like his his legs would have to be glued to the ground i don't want to get into i've there's killed many people by world. chopping in you... half i don't want to get into the practicality of it all um, there's dragons
1: and magic he can cut a guy in half get over it uh, okay. And magic dragons yes
2: <laughs>
0: then I shall have to puff to watch this show. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Lancel gets wounded by an arrow and then retreats. So, good this, battle scene.
2: I, I, I like this. There, there's some funny things here. Joff's panicking was uh, really funny. I mean, it was, yeah. it's just absolutely pathetic. Yeah. The, uh, with the way he holds himself out and then when he's actually put under the pressure. Um, there were some really interesting shots, I thought, too, camera-wise, um, uh and then this, I, they got to the wall so quickly, I don't know how, I mean, King's Landing does not seem nearly as impregnable as they made it out to be. Yeah, These how good are do those walls?
1: There. Those <laughs> walls seem like they're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, 20 feet you high? I mean, mean, the fact they brought like two ladders and just one <laughs> piece of wood batting ram and like took, <laughs> took the wall in like five minutes.
2: Yeah, exactly. I know. Uh, um, I did like seeing Lancel in the mix. That was pretty interesting. But uh, the one thing I thought was, of is, uh, you know, they seemed like the Lannisters had a dearth of soldiers. I don't know why they wouldn't just go and like arm every piece of flea bottom trash. Um, you know, just g- even just give them like a, a a stick or something to go out there as cannon fodder. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, they might rise
2: right. up.
1: Yeah, you think rise they have up. enough
2: people in King's Landing to? to defend the place, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Ain't nobody got time to fight for the Lannisters. They can get the hell out of there. That's right.
2: I guess so. I don't know.
1: All right, so then
0: we go so, back down to the Queen's Vault.
2: Yeah, we do, and Cersei is upset because uh, Jaime was is the heir to Tywin. He's been given all the advantages. Meanwhile, she was sold like a horse to ride. Cer- Cer- Cersei notices Shay, seems to think something is up with her, Ugh. begins questioning her. Um, she knows that that Shay is not a nobleman's daughter. I guess you have to be a nobleman's daughter to be uh, a maid for these people. I don't currency.
0: know. I don't, yeah, exactly. You're not. Yeah. You're not highborn enough to clean up my shit. So exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, this is a uh, intersection of I don't know and I don't care for this. Yes, absolutely. This, yeah. Uh, le- at the last moment possible, Lancel busts in, saying, uh, "Saving Shay," and provides an update. Um, Cersei tells Lancel to bring Joff back to his chambers, despite Lancel's protests. And in in return for providing an update to her, she punches him in these uh, his arrow hole. No, that's not (laughs) Uh yet. Not yet. Oh, it's not yet. No, that's a later scene. Okay. All right. So then, uh, that's when Cersei tells Sansa that Ilan is there. Yep. Uh, In case things break bad, uh, Ilan will kill all of the Hens. Uh, Is that true? Yeah. That's what. That's why he's there in the uh, book as well. Is it okay? Got it. Because because there's a point where Cersei could just be fucking with Sansa because oh she's absolutely so yeah she's definitely she's broke. definitely
0: fucking with her anyway like regardless of anything yeah. else that happens with with Ilan but um this is true like that's why he's there he's the king's execu- ex- uh executioner and that's what he does He yeah. kill people so he's the, he's the henslayer
2: henslayer yeah that's pretty good I like that Jermaine. All right, so we uh, go
0: back out to the battle, and the Hound continues to wreck shit. He cuts another dude in half uh, in a slightly less ridiculous way uh, from, (laughs) like, the shoulder to his uh, waist, which I thought was a little better than than cutting him directly in half, like, bisecting him. Anyway, um, a soldier who's on fire makes a random, like, suicidal charge at Sandor, and he's paralyzed in fear, and he's saved at the last minute by an arrow shot by who else? Bronn. Uh and, diggity. and Bron gives him a little nod of like mutual respect uh and then kills a couple dudes just to illustrate how much of a badass he is. Yeah. Uh <laughs> quickly murders a couple people right, yeah, just to like, you know, bolster his character. Anyway, the hound freaks out and retreats back inside a castle, followed by uh most of the Lannister troops. And um Stannis then calls for the ladders and they climb up the wall. Stannis gets to kill a couple dudes because the audience is too dumb to realize a man that is smart with uh coordinating uh you know armies uh isn't masculine enough he has to be able to kick ass personally uh, and that's what he does later the hound uh, is inside the walls and he wants to get drunk he's like fuck the water bring me wine uh and he's refusing to obey orders to go back out and defend the city by both uh joffrey and Tyrion. and we get the line fuck the king's guard fuck the city and fuck the king it was great. I love yep, it. I agree. It was all great.
2: I did. I, I did like the, scene, the scenes a lot. Uh, there was a little too much quick cutting on the fighting. But you couldn't really see what was going on. Yep, that's probably uh, but, on purpose. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, but the hound's PTSD. Uh, it's a really interesting angle. I, I think that you have like this guy who's just such a badass. But he's got the thing that he's completely terrified of in fire. I feel like it would, have been um, even,
0: it would have hit even harder if they would have like, and I don't think George does it in the books either, but I think it would have been even better if they would have hinted at him being afraid of fire in some other scene before we got here.
1: Well, I think you got that with the wildfire when he saw the nuclear explosion of fire. Yeah, but same, that was just
0: that? in the same episode. I feel like they should have built to it. Oh, yeah. Just,
2: it wasn't yeah, it was explicit cool. enough for you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it, this, uh, somebody summed up the Hound, his his reaction to this scene on the internet. I read this, um, that the Hound is willing to kill for the Lannisters, but he's not willing to die for the Lannisters. I mean, that's... I was a, that's a good way to put it.
0: I mean, that's the way that most people feel when they go to war. I mean... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just... <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my uh, time in the desert, Um in 92. Yeah,
2: bo- both of them. Yeah, <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> but but no, uh, a lot of people, yeah, are willing to kill, but they're not willing to die when it comes to warfare. Yeah. And that's exactly what, I mean, uh, the Hound is just big as fuck. He even said that with Bronn. He's just like, you know, I like to kill your murderer just like me. That's one thing we didn't talk about from the Bronn and uh, uh, Hound scene Understand. from earlier. And he's just said, I'm bigger. Yeah. So I feel like he's just like the little kid... Like me, I was never good as as an athlete, but I was bigger than all the kids, so I'd win all the awards for like throwing farther than everybody else when I was five years old, hitting the ball farther than everybody else, not running faster, mind
1: you. And then went all <laughs> downhill from there.
0: And then that was the peak.
1: <laughs> These I'm are like, the chunky Al Bundy, Doug days. but
0: yeah, the Chunky Doug days. Uh, <laughs> it all went downhill. From it all five went down from old. five years old. Uh, so I peaked earlier than Al Bundy, but uh, yeah, I, I did- feel like. Yeah, go ahead.
2: I really like seeing Stannis wrecked, too. Um, I think in the books he's at that separate yeah. campsite that that uh, we talked about, where they they, had, they cut that part of it out of the scene. But it's uh it's good to like Stannis. You can believe in a king who actually gets in there and just is messing people up. I once agree, and right. but that's
0: not how it plays out in the books. So that's like a show invention. Um, yeah, and I, and I really think it's because people can't appreciate like the average viewer. Really wants to see the the guy they want to get behind get his hands dirty, right? I mean, and, and, so and I, th- I agree th- with that, but still,
2: I thought the, the these battles in general, I don't think they did a really good job of setting up the scale of the battles. Uh, you really, I was thinking about it, that. Yeah, I I, I don't know, how, like I don't have any, I could not. I I do, I do. People. Oh, but, you do? Okay. I, I,
0: my 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 idea was you could film like uh, the same scene with the same people on the same set, just reverse the angle, like flip the uh, XY uh, and have them coming in from the left and having like Lancell on the wall of another, like uh, the Kingsgate. You know, they talked about the Kingsgate, but they don't show the Kingsgate. Like just show like... I, I, you know the same thing happening from two different angles to just double everything, like to make it seem
2: like. Oh, so you're saying that this is a way they could have fixed the scale issue? Right. It, I think the, yeah. s- the scale mm-hmm. issue
0: was definitely a production issue, and it was a money issue. Um, you know, and Kings. You know, this this bi- this battle was probably a huge chunk of the budget. So I feel like there's ways to just make it seem like there's more dudes. Um, yeah. I, I you know, and they they probably involve a lot of hokey. Uh, filmmaking tricks but
2: sure i did also like the the guy walking around uh with both canteens of water and with wine in the yeah. middle of a battle <laughs> <laughs> fuck the That's water uh, okay it's,
0: it's like no i saw football today there's there's guys you know those water guys on the sidelines that have both water and gatorade um Can
2: you imagine like <laughs> the u.s army today if like there was a guy walking around with like a beer helmet to like put on people <laughs> as well as like, you know, like gallon jugs of water. Yeah. It's really, it's really funny. So, um, so the, the other, uh, other thing I wondered is, uh, they had the battering ram and of course the battering ram had a ram's head on the end of the battering ram
0: or a deer and, or whatever it was.
2: Oh, was it? Do you think it was a deer?
0: Yeah, it oh. was a, a stag. Cause it was all Stannis all the time.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, disregard that and we can move on. And so we'll move on. All right. Where do we go? Yeah. So next uh Lancel finds Joffrey on the battlefront to bring him back. Um Joff asks, does she have, did uh did she have urgent business with me? Yeah. I'm like, uh, trying to like uh, well, give him
0: an excuse for why he can leave.
2: Yes, yeah. that was that was hilarious. Tyrion implores him to stay, but he uh, Joff declines to uh he tells uh one of his lackeys to represent him in the battle Tyrion's uh, face was such disgust in this episode. Really great. Um, you can tell a great actor if like, his face just portrays like a million different things. I thought Tyrion yeah. really did a good job, or Peter Dinklage, I guess, did a good job on this one. So Tyrion sees uh, everyone's kind of ignoring him, things are going wrong, uh, decides to lead the attack. Uh, I mean, even the gold cloaks are, are turning on their backs to him so he has uh he does kind of his uh rallied the men's speech has a plan to exit through the exit that no one else knows of of course he got on the map with Varys earlier gives a little speech it's your city protect your city uh brave men. let's go kill them and that's it
0: yeah i want to say that joffrey or the actor portraying joffrey did a great job of looking like a scared
2: little boy um, yeah which i think does she have great. urgent business did she say it was urgent business <laughs> Something about that phrase made me laugh yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah, and in the books, uh, Tyrion still has his tribesmen that he got from the Vale. Uh, and they, oh yeah, what they, those they, dudes? they kind of disappeared in this season. So, uh, but they were that part stinks. of this battle.
2: I enjoyed Shaga's Song. Oh, the hill, the hilltop people, the hill tribes. Yeah,
0: he has them right. during this this uh, battle, and that's what one of the things that like gives him the confidence to go back out there. Uh, there's a reading. Maybe I'll insert it after and post, but. Um, Like Tyrion goes out there and wrecks. Like he goes out there and kills a million, not a million dudes. He kills a lot of dudes. Um, Himself? Yeah. He talks about getting the uh, battle fever. Um, It's a great passage. Maybe I'll uh, do it uh, afterwards. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is rousing in the great line. Those are brave men out there. Let's go kill them. I mean, can't
2: yeah. beat that. I actually thought that was kind of a weak speech. Um, oh, it definitely the- is
0: because... But, yeah. <laughs> but it's a great line. And in the books, he says it to, like... He says it later after he's killed a bunch of dudes and he's he's looking to go. He's just, he's just feverish and he's like, there's more dudes over there. Let's go kill them too. Um, instead oh. of being like a, a point of rallying cry, he just says it like in a passe um, kind of like way. Like... Oh, look at those guys over there. They're brave. Let's go fucking kill them. Uh, it it just it had more weight in the book, for sure. Read, guys, read. Um, reading really is fundamental, reading. All right, so we go back to the Queen's Vault. Lancel reports to Cersei that the battle is lost. Cersei asks about the whereabouts of Joffrey. Lancel says, uh, we need to bring him back to the battle. Cersei doesn't like that and punches him right in the arrow wound again <laughs> for the first time. Uh but I did like how he did go down like a sack of potatoes. Like he bounced off oh, yeah. the wall. Uh this was genuinely um uh funny uh piece of comedic uh physical comedy here by Lansell, so I'll give it to him. Um The Queen flees the room with Tom and leaving Sansa to comfort the uh the scared uh women. The hens. Um, yeah, the hens. She lies about how well they're doing and also leads them in prayer. Uh after she gets them with the Hail Marys, Shay pulls her aside and says she needs to go hide in her room, lock the door. Uh, when Sansa says she's worried about uh, Shay and how everybody gets raped, Shay shows her a little knife and says, no one will be raping me. Uh, this reminds me of, I don't know, the Branch Davidians and all their guns talking <laughs> saying the government's not going to come here and uh, take me when they have tanks. But anyway, um, we go to the all bedchamber. Right. That's, you know... Like, she thinks that, I don't know, It's it just seems ridiculous that she thinks with her little knife, nobody's going to rape me. Uh, yeah. It's just this, like, ridiculous thing where she has... She said to Tyrion last episode, uh, no one's going to hurt you or I'll cut off their face. Uh, it's just, like, childish. But anyway, we get to Sansa's bedchamber. She's in her room and she finds the Hound there. Uh, he offers to take her back home to Winterfell, and she refuses uh, and the only pos and she thinks that I guess that since the city is falling and everybody believes it's falling, she thinks that San- uh Stannis is gonna be there, and Stannis won't Stannis won't hurt Sansa. He'll return her home anyway, so she goes with um you know the safe bet, which is solid logic, but it turns out, you know, in hindsight, she probably should have gotten the fuck out with the hound. Um yeah. uh, the hound says she is a fool and that all men in power are killers. Her father was a killer, everybody is a killer. And Sansa is less like yeah you're trying to scare me but I'm not afraid because guess what you're not going to hurt me and sure enough he says you're right and leaves
2: yeah i don't know i guess i don't know i still don't entirely know why he cared about her um th- th- we've seen like a lot of this developing towards this scene you know him calling her little bird and all this stuff yeah but i don't know i still don't understand exactly why it has happened Was this in the books?
0: Yeah, it sure was, and it was make it. She thought she was going to get raped by him, um, and the you know to the show's credit, I guess they avoided that whole thing. I think
1: this is again like
2: raped by somebody else later.
1: Yeah, I think it's the thing where like you know you're ready to kill for somebody, but you're not ready to die for somebody. And I think he's just over it. And he see he he sees how shitty they are to Sansa all the time. He sees it, and he's just like he's already said, "Fuck the king." So clearly, he's out. Yeah, it, and he's, like, why he's not know, worried about what, what, that shit anymore. And he's like, you know what? why does care about that? that you... little piece of decency in him. He's like, let me go help this because girl. Because
0: every every uh, yes. to your point, Brian, every you know, nihilist really has a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah. If I want if I want to kind of condense it down, he is so shitty about everything. He doesn't take anything seriously, but deep down, he is the truest knight that exists. In a, in a fucked up kind of way. He's the one that protect, wants to protect the innocence of Sansa. You
2: I know, gotcha. Yeah, he, that makes sense. He does yeah. shitty
0: things, but, you know, and he tells himself it's because Joffrey tells him to do it. Um, and he, you know, he thinks it's a shitty world because his fucking older brother, you know, burned his face and his older brother is a knight. Um, so he hates he hates the whole game, uh, but he, you know, believes in what knights are meant to do, which is protect the innocent um, plus, he just probably has a hard on for. her. I don't know.
2: <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Uh, the but... uh, one, one other yeah. detail that was online is uh, that the, um, or that I found online is that the doll that she's holding throughout the scene is one that her dad gave her. Oh uh,
0: yeah, that, it's that disgusting doll yeah. that doesn't look like a real person at all. Look like a yeah. Doll. And then
2: she says, "I never play with dolls anymore," but then she realized, like, theoretically, she realized like how. Uh, how she wants to return to those times where she got the doll that was, was, was yeah, she was she wants innocent. to go back Yeah,
0: to, to before she was just in like a... <laughs> Can I go back
2: in time? I go back <clears throat> in time?
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Alright, so where so, do we go next? So next so we see uh, Tyrion and uh, the Lannister soldiers emerge from the secret uh, hidey hole exit and a battle ensues. Uh, it seems like the Lannisters are taking the upper hand. Um they there's this weird pause where all of the all the Lannister men just stop and start screaming fighting for the half man half yep. man um, and then suddenly a lot more soldiers arrive and Stannis is uh well the, the, and I don't, let's stop there for a second because sure. that was really weird I, I that was jarring i don't know why like all of a sudden the, the Lannister men wiped out every single one of the invaders, and then we able to stop and chant? I don't, yeah, it was, I don't know what that was. It was dumb. It was it was quick, and it was
0: overly simplified. Um. Yeah. But, but yeah, and how did Tyrion get there first to deliver the first blow? I guess his little legs were working overtime to outpace everybody
2: else. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he had a pony who rode in. So Tyrion's army uh, begins to uh, take the upper hand. They knock over the battering ram. And I guess they kill every every Stannis soldier that's there because they stop and pause to to chant "half man, half man, half man." Uh, seems silly. Yeah, it's like when you're
0: down thirty points in a football game, but you still do a like a coordinated football like touchdown celebration.
2: Well, I think that they generally thought that they were winning the thing, and I think that was the implication to the watcher as well. But I I don't know how like they're all just these people just standing still. You know, you think they'd at least be like. Uh, random Stannis soldiers running around, or you know, it's not just like clean enough to where uh, fifty people or forty people could stand around and chant. But I yeah, don't
0: know. it's just a TV show kind of thing. I Yeah, guess.
2: silly. Uh, so as the uh, as the Lannister army is chanting half man, we suddenly see a lot more soldiers arrive, uh, pretty much out of nowhere. Yep. Yep. So then we uh, cut to Stannis, and he's up battling. I think on the mud wall. Doesn't have any support yet, and we get that shot of him doming some guy. I don't think that's in, I don't think that's possible, but I don't it know.
0: Is. We'll have to. Get oh, it, a, is it? We'll have to find. I know that a was man involved, and we'll in, have to do it with a uh, you know recreation medieval sword, I guess.
2: Jermaine was involved in fencing as a as a child. <laughs> yep, when he had uh, hair that looked like a girl's hair. Uh, so back to the ground level, and Tyrion is fighting off a uh, hammer man, a Koopa Troopa, coming at him. <laughs> um, somebody knocks the Koopa Troopa guy off, and then they see Sir Mandan, I think is the guy's name.
0: Mandan Moore?
2: Yeah, Mandon Moore. Mandan Moore approaches, and uh, despite being on the same side, slices his face uh, at the same time. Pod shanks Mandan Moore from behind through the skull. Uh, so, I, and then Tyrion passes out, which I don't... A lot of questions here. Why did Tyrion? Was that the kind of uh, the kind of attack that would like cause you to pass out?
1: I don't know. Uh, Last time you got face. your face sliced. Yeah,
2: I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I I would imagine you're in a lot of pain, but it's not like he he got knocked on the head or something. I, I don't know. I thought you get a
1: paper cut and pass out. So give him a little credit here.
2: Good joke. Um, <laughs> I don't know. In the book, it's like it's a lot more. I think he gets his nose cut off, if I'm not mistaken, Doug.
0: Yeah, he gets his face sliced and his, the front of his nose sh- cut off. But once again, yeah. just like Rick and The Walking Dead, they can't uh, afford to do all the CGI of somebody's like a piece of anatomy missing for multiple episodes uh, going forward. So they decided to just give him a little scar.
2: And is there any uh, specific, uh, or do we know who ordered the hit on Tyrion? Uh, it was either Joffrey,
0: more than likely, or Cersei. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I don't think nope. it's it's hundred percent clear. I do want to say that I didn't like this uh, Podrick did stab the guy through the back of the head and they do this several times and we'll point it out as the this shitty show goes forward where somebody gets stabbed in the back of the head and the point of the spear the spear or the uh, sword comes out of their mouth or face um, it's ridiculous uh, it's dumb uh, but it happens yeah. so many times um and we'll see and uh, once again I'll point it out. I'll come out a little jingle when anybody gets stabbed in the back of the head and it comes out the front of their face. I'll work <laughs> D- on the face. Yeah. D face. Okay. If there's nothing else, let's uh, wrap this show up. Um, we go back to the throne room and Cersei is comforting Tommen. Uh, and she tells a ridiculous allegory about a s- Lion being, a- uh, being afraid to commit suicide or something. I didn't really get it. Uh, Good Lord.
2: What a snooze.
0: Yeah. This was a terrible uh, invention. Uh, And then we see these scenes of a large force of Lannisters showing up and a guy with a stag's helm arriving to kick ass, which they should have done a better job of giving him a bigger uh, stag helm. It didn't really make sense, even to me, who knew what was happening. uh, And I did not pick up
2: on this at all. Yeah, Yeah.
0: the guy in the stag helm turns out to be um, Loras. Um, But all the while Cersei is talking to her son uh, in a cork's nightshade, preparing to kill him. Um, when a bunch of dudes bust into the throne room, turns out to be Loras, and they seem somewhat relieved. They cut back to Stannis, and he's being dragged away from the fight by his men, telling him that it's, it's lost, and finally Tywin arrives in the throne room to announce that the Lannisters have won. Uh, and then we get... That's over. Uh, so yeah, like, like I said, I think... I guess you could put it together, but I really wish they would have had... Loras in the Stag's helm, having like killing somebody else that had like Stannis's banner to show that it wasn't more Stannis men killing people. It really wasn't clearly um, displayed.
2: No, this is supposed to be like the uh, he's supposed to be pretending to be the ghost of Renly to scare people. Yes, and like zero percent of that comes across. And actually, uh, even the last time I watched it for this episode or for for our podcast. I thought it was actually the uh, dumb shit, uh, Lancel. I didn't even like realize who it was. Oh yeah. Let alone who he was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Too, Lancel way and op-
0: Loris look way too similar. you are very yeah
2: entirely too opaque. Um, but it, it is interesting. I mean, I did it, that. That was an interesting detail in the book. Uh, one other thing that I read is that this scene was inspired by uh, Joseph Goebbels, the uh, him and his wife killing all of their children. Uh, after World War II, him and the uh, his wife was the first lady of the Nazi party. Uh, so this was actually inspired by that.
0: Well, when is- Cersei had the nightshade, I thought about yeah. cyanide pills and Hitler in his bunker immediately. So yeah, I wasn't too far off. I Think guess about by that, the inspiration.
1: A lot of World War II talk in this in this podcast. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, we don't know if the Holocaust actually happened. I don't know if there's <laughs> no, any actual no, evidence. No,
2: no we talked about this uh so do we know though that uh stannis was on the way to king's landing uh
0: yeah i think it was it was told to us that he was he was going there but like i said last episode they didn't do a good job of showing the like impending doom of stannis arriving um no
2: i guess i thought arya thought that uh stannis was going to fight rob and not return to oh no king's-
0: you, you're saying stannis when you mean tywin
2: Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. Yes, Tywin. Did we know that Tywin was headed towards King's Landing? No,
0: because Arya assumes that he's writing out to uh, attack Rob.
2: Okay. Got it. So that's just her misunderstanding what was yes. going on. There, there wasn't anything that he said in that episode that would make you think that he was going... Nope. Um, okay, got he it. He just makes okay. up his
0: mind to leave that night, and you don't know why.
2: Fair enough. Alright, let's
0: wrap this shit up. Um... Going after talking about it, I, I don't think it was as flawless as I'd like it to be. I still want to give this an epi- uh, this episode a 4.0 out of 5. Uh, that's on a 10-point scale with the 0. .5s, and you know how it goes. Uh, so I think it was a very good episode. I feel like it had some shortcomings. The Sansa and Cersei stuff didn't come across very well, and the end were them getting... And there was, there, there was a lot was of it. There was quite a bit of it. Um, the scale wasn't as uh noticeable as I would have liked with the armies. I I did like the wildfire flame and I think that holds up. Um overall great episode, best of the season, and it's still only a four four in my mind.
2: You guys? I think I'm I think I agree with you Randy. I, I think I'll give it a four. Um so that will be uh no like a Cuban sub co- coal fired chicken wings.
0: Oh that's pretty good that's, coal fired chicken wings <laughs> Uh, Cole, C O A L, not cold, uh, like the fusion. Uh, no,
2: no, no, my friend Cole, C O L E. Oh, C O L E. He makes great wings. The he guy from uh,
0: Gears of War, the running back who turned into Cole. Cole Train.
1: Anyway, Jermaine, do you have a a rating for us? I would agree with you four. I mean, it's a great. If you look at it holistically, it's a great episode. I mean, yeah. the The battles are great. You may not like all of the talky parts but they're still good they give good background to the whole thing
0: <laughs> I still, um, I will, yeah i will say i didn't like the talky parts
1: as much yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was great
2: <laughs> talky parts
1: all right so all right, guys say seriously and whatever you want to get into details fine but,
2: oh no no i like that phrase talk <laughs> yeah parts. i do like the yeah. talky parts
1: uh look I, i'm all for people getting chopped in half and heads cut off all that good stuff so it, does it was me. good filler in between it all uh, it was a good episode. I agree.
0: 4.0. Alright, so we're in agreement for the first time I think ever. Everybody has a very similar, if not no, the exact same rating. So 4.0. Great episode. Uh, once again, a shitty season. Season 2. Uh, we'll be back next week to wrap up Season 2 with Episode 10. I don't know what it's called. And I really don't care. Uh, so for Brian, uh, this is Doug. And for Jermaine, thank you Jermaine for being on. Um, We will say Mazel tov. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. Uh, Enjoy, guys. We'll see you next weekend.
2: Thank you, everyone.